what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. What do you know about this? Oh, you'll love it. Up and under. How does she do that? That's a kind of a shot that a winner takes and a winner makes. She can do it. Welcome to Buckets. This is Action Network's basketball betting podcast presented by BetMGM. And this is going to be the WNBA Finals in review episode. We got a lot to talk about. My name is Maria Marino, joined once again by Action Network writer Jim Turvey at TurveyBets on Twitter and the Action app. So Jim, you and I were both at Barclays Center once again for Game 4. And what a game it was. We finally got the close game that we have been pining for between <laughs> these two teams, but it did not go the way that maybe some expected it to go uh, with the Aces shorthanded and finding a way to uh, <laughs> squeak by in, in game four and win uh, a back-to-back title. Yeah, I think some things went a lot like we anticipated. I think the Aces offense without Chelsea Gray, definitely struggled. Um, But I think you have to just give immense credit. Asia Wilson with, I think, one of the best two-way performances in a closeout game that I've ever seen. I mean, uh, was it 22-16, and 24-16? and 16? But they she she carried the load offensively, and she made the, you know, the best player on the Liberty this finals just disappear. J- Jonquil Jones really didn't do anything all game. Um, she had that putback that, you know, happened about a half second after the buzzer that would have, you know, solved everything for for her mm-hmm. if, she'd, if she'd had that it would have been a great game because you, you get the game winner but um asia wilson uh you know i think there was a lot of chatter about mvp uh before this i think you, you and i have talked about how how good of a job becky has done at motivating them but i think I, let's not take anything away from asia here she got up for this game clearly she played almost the entire 40 minutes uh kelsey plum did play all 40 minutes and the aces defensively you know I think we both thought there were going to be some matchups that that the Liberty could have taken advantage of. That really didn't happen. Um, You're right. The, the, the Liberty had a decent first half, but that second half, they really struggled to get into any offense. It was it was Vandersloot who was the leading scorer, and even she, honestly, she missed one wide open layup. She almost missed another. She missed several. Like she she was only the leading scorer because the Aces were like, "You will be the leading scorer." She looked hesitant still at times. The defensive game plan from them and the defensive effort uh, was just amazing. And, you know, uh, I think it it was something that we saw kind of after game two. It feels a lot like after game two, to be honest, where it's like the, the aces just kind of seemed like they got up to a high, were able to get up more than the Liberty. And, you know, I, I think, it, you know, we talked after game three, it's like, okay, maybe there is some regression back and, you know, but the thing you don't, that I missed in the cap. And I, I definitely, uh, you know, in, in reflecting, want to think about this going forward as well is just that there, there can be gaps in, in effort level and motivation, even the finals, even if that seems like a crazy statement to make, I, I think it was pretty evident that, that that was a difference in the finals this year. Well, you talk about the energy and the aces sort of getting up for games more so than the Liberty. And I think a big part of that is feeding off of their MVP in Asia Wilson. You mentioned the 24 and 16 uh, playing 39 minutes. And I'll say this with the game on the line in the fourth quarter, 
She willed them to victory. She put her head down and attacked the rim at every possible opportunity. She was taking shots, even bad shots, and she was making them because of that sheer willpower. Uh, And it's a, a lack of aggression that we saw on the Liberty throughout most of this series where you know, when you're not the aggressor and, and you're not making the officials have to make decisions, um, most of the time you're going to lose. And you juxtapose what Asia was able to do with what Stewie was unable to do. And the, the contrast is stark. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate because we both agree that the regular season is a different animal and the MVP was a regular season award and uh, that we all felt that, you know, Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart and Alyssa Thomas were each deserving of that award for their own reasons. But Asia clearly took that snub to heart and she just had an unbelievable postseason run. Whereas Stewie struggled more than we've ever seen her struggle in a postseason and uh, there, there was a stat from Kevin Pelton that you and I both kind of flagged. I want to point out. So her effective field goal percentage, Brianna Stewart, was at 38, uh, the lowest of any 10-game stretch in her career. And effective field goals count three-pointers as uh, one-and-a-half field goals for the, for the added value. And um, the next lowest was 40%, and that was when Brianna Stewart was a rookie. Um, so this was a very uncharacteristic postseason run for them. And, you know, when your star and your go-to player is struggling, you know, last night she was 3 of 17 from the floor, it, it throws off how this team was built and constructed and how it was designed to – uh, to flow, but I don't want to harp on that too much because, you know, I, I do want to celebrate the aces here and what they were able to do first back-to-back champion that we've seen in the WNBA in over 20 years. There's only three teams uh, that have ever done it, the Comets, the Sparks, and now the aces. So you are in a position here to build a dynasty. Um, your core is, is super young. And how about this? Another thing you and I completely underestimated going into the series, the coaching mismatch. I like Sandy Brundello, and she is a great coach. She is a championship caliber coach. But Becky Hammond put on a clinic in this series, both in terms of game planning and in-game adjustments. You and I talked about it. So game one, Libs are leading at the half, and they get blitzed in the third quarter. Game two, the Liberty are starting to find momentum in the second quarter. They're, they're within reach blitzed again in the third quarter by the aces like whatever was said at halftime was executed flawlessly um and then here again last night so i heard i don't know if this is true or not i heard greg popovich was around and uh you know helping helping becky hammond scheme i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised in the slightest um and you had a situation where your six-person rotation was down two key players, two key pieces. And, you know, she slides Kayla George into the starting lineup. Alicia Clark, normally sixth person of the year, uh, you know, into the starting lineup. They got valuable minutes from Sid Colson, in my opinion, even though she had, I think, 5,015 minutes. They That was perfect. That's what they needed. They needed those yeah. fouls from her. They just needed those minutes and her to be disruptive. And, you know, they they did that. And then, you know, George, I thought, Wow, stepping up. I mean, she should feel so proud about this this title because, you know, she missed, I think she took 10 three-pointers. Doesn't matter. She made three. That's all they needed. 
from her and, and she did her job. So, um, you know, it's, it's a shame in the sense that we don't get a, a decisive game five, but it was such a, it was such a great game. It was such a nail biter, the Barkley center crowd, shout out to the fans. They were phenomenal. Loudest I've ever heard that arena. And I've covered a lot of Nets games, including playoff games. Um, so that atmosphere was just, it was electric. You texted me the second, the second you got in the building, it's electric already. Let's talk about the the end of game sequence. If you're, if you're ready to move on. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause, um, couple things. First of all, what I was struggling to figure out throughout the game, tell me if you noticed anything in particular, like how was it that John Cole Jones was so neutralized? Like, was it just what you were saying? Was Asia just, you know, stepping up? Was the team, I mean, the team definitely stepped up defensively, but I mean, John Quell was the best, most consistent player on the Liberty throughout this postseason, And she was I mean, I, I was like, she wasn't even on the floor. Like I, I, I there was nothing, you know, I, she did a lot of good things, but it was like, she was, she was contained. Um, and so I was wondering that, especially in the fourth quarter as the aces are, you know, building a lead here. Um, but then, you know, the, the Liberty gets some timely buckets. Um, I know they had, I think the last field goal of the game was Sabrina to get it within one. They get a turnover. The Liberty actually force a turnover with, you know, and they get it across half court with 8.8 seconds left on the clock. Now, (laughs) I know hindsight's 20-20, but I swear to you, in that moment, I thought to myself, don't call a timeout. Just go. Just let it rip. The defense is on its heels. It's the best chance you're going to have to score. But alas... I understand why Sandy called a timeout because if you didn't call a timeout and you didn't get something, it would have been, why didn't you call a timeout? Right. So I get both sides, but as soon as she called that timeout, you know, they had some momentum there, like I said, off that turnover, but whatever, she calls a timeout and I'm worried, you know, as a, as a Liberty fan, as, as somebody that was like hoping for a game five, um, you know, I'm like, I don't think this is going to work out because the the Liberty were having trouble executing all night. And that we talked about the Stewie struggle. So I'm thinking to myself, no matter what she draws up, like it's not going to be easy to, to execute here. And sure enough, um, Sabrina inbounds the ball. It's shaky as anything. You know, it's jostled by Stewie. She gets the ball down. She's got the one-on-one for a moment and she passes the ball to I believe Benajelani who 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 tosses it to Sloot and no time you know Sloot didn't get a, a great look and then no time uh aces win <laughs> you know and I just so I just wanted a quick reaction of your your uh perception of that sequence yeah I actually think that that final sequence does a really good job encapsulating the the difference in the series so on two on two fronts kind of um one being the coaching front um I, I'm actually a little bit surprised. It seems like uh, a lot of very smart people who whose opinion I respect and are, are close to Liberty think it would be kind of crazy to let go of Sandy Brundell. I I personally think she was outcoached vastly in in this series, um, and maybe that's like the the difference is like Sandy's an A minus and Becky's an A plus, and they're both very good coaches, right. but Becky's just on a, in another atmosphere. But that that final play call. You know, there was a little bit of there was like an initial like kind of soft screen to get Stewie around the like 
wing, but like I, I would have liked something, you know, I was talking to Calvin Wetzel, one of our favorites here, about you know, she had an ATO earlier in the game that really got Sui kind of going towards the basket. Now, maybe the thought is with nine seconds left, you don't want to go right at the basket, but you got to score. And and yes. allowing her to be out on the perimeter, something I noticed all game is it seemed like the Liberty, they really didn't match up. They, there was a lot of dribble handoffs on the perimeter in a game where they should have had the size and strength advantage. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. one of either Stewie or JJ should have been able to go into the post and that had success in that. The Liberty really struggled to get them the ball in those positions. It seemed like both players didn't really want to be in those positions. And that's the second half of, of what I thought was notice, noticeable on that final play is Alicia Clark was going to win the the, the the battle for positions. She was not going to let Stewie get in the post. And, you know, Stewie is an incredible player. But I, I think there was a little bit of a dog difference. And I, I think... We highlighted it with Chelsea Gray at the start of the series, but I think it goes up and down the roster. And it did seem like there was, you know, what's surprising to me about that is that the Liberty have players who have been here before. So I don't know. It, this is kind of like that armchair psychology thing. And and sometimes mm-hmm. we tend to hyper-focus on in the finals. You have, it's under such a microscope, but it really, I, I don't tend to find myself going towards that type of analysis. And I found it to be noticeable during the series that there was just kind of, a, it seemed like the aces weren't going to get pushed around and they were doing the pushing around. And on that final play, you saw Stewie get pushed out to the point where she was, you know, she wasn't in full control of the ball when she caught it. And then she had terrible position to attack the basket and it allowed them to be in a position to help and, and swing and move their defense really well. Um, so you have hindsight. I know it's, it's asking a lot, but I think if Laney had faked that pass to the corner the defender might have been on the move enough for her to get a clean look and maybe with a, li- a little bit less rush than Vanderson. But again, that's you're not putting your team in a great position to have to no, make such a quick no, decision to have like to make that. A decision in real time. And the point is, she she made her bed when she said, "I'm going to Stewie. I'm going to my MVP," even though she's been off all night. So the the, the first problem was Stewie passing off the ball. Uh, actually, sorry, that was the second problem. The first problem to your point <laughs> was that the aces were denying that position, right? You're, they're denying yeah. the Liberty, the ability to get to the spot that they want where they're comfortable. I would have preferred to see a play that was a little more dynamic, a little more creative, have somebody going downhill, cutting to yeah. the basket, as opposed to catching the ball back to the basket, which maybe wasn't necessarily what they wanted to do. And then having to make a post move or a, a post adjustment, um, so yeah, I, I would, obviously there's, uh, I think some critique fairly to be had there. And then, you know, in terms of Sandy Brandello as a coach and you touched on like, you know, her future, uh, I understand why, like, you know, some people are like, you know, does, does she deserve to be let go? I don't, I don't think she does I personally. Um, but also the other part of it is who are you going to get? That's better to me. I, I don't think there's anyone else out there that's better. Uh, it just so happens that, to your point, Becky Hammond is one of the best basketball minds on the planet, uh, yeah. and that includes men's basketball, uh, college and pros, you know, all of it. So, um, you know, hat, hat tip to her. And then and and going along with that, I do think there's something to be said for the confidence that that instills in your team. So, yeah, you know, the Aces have every right to be – confident and have that dog and have that that belief because because of what Becky is setting them up to do um and so I do think there's something to be said for that uh you know with Sandy but 
but that being said, um, you know, this was a franchise that made a, a, a really big jump. You know, they won a playoff game last year for the first time since 2017 and they jumped to the finals. And so this is, um, I think, uh, I think they're in a good place moving forward. Can I, while we're doing a more Liberty centric part of it, I wanted to ask you, I know JJ and Stewie technically are now not under contract. Do you, do you think there is any way that either or both could be on the move or you think that that was just how it made the most financial sense and that they're going to try and run this back with pretty much the same team? To be honest with you, I haven't, I haven't wrapped my head around that quite yet. And, and, you know, we're, we'll of course uh, revisit some of these things in the off season um, but I, I believe that, that Stewie was almost kind of pulling a LeBron where it's like, okay, we'll just do a one-year contract from now. But I think there's every intention that, that she comes back. And then JJ, I just, you know, having already moved from, from Connecticut, I doubt personally that she'd want to jump ship again. Um, and, and I do feel that this roster right now is probably still the best chance you have of contending with the aces but you know in in terms of of the future you and i've touched on this in the past like nothing's a given it's really hard to get to a final and you have um a couple of players on the liberty that are older than some of the key pieces on on the aces so you know courtney vandersloot um i i think at at times has has looked a, a step slower than maybe she has in the past um, even Stewie is is older than Asia Wilson, so um, you know definitely some things some things to consider. I know Laney's under contract. I know Thornton's under contract moving forward. Uh, so there's that. But um, yeah, I I was I was just gonna say too, like um, in terms of just to kind of button up the the coaching thing. I, I just I just don't I just don't know who else would be better and. Uh, I would love to see this matchup again, but um, what else is, is there anything else we need to touch on from, from game four specifically? Well, I wanted to touch on you, you brought up the Kevin Pelton tweet and I, well, yeah. I wanted to just add one more thing to the, the Brianna Stewart thing. Cause I think it is one of the strangest things. And I, I very actively try to avoid the, the comparison to NBA. I think the, the WNBA does great on its own. We don't really need to compare to the NBA, but yeah. what jumped out to me in this finals, it was, it, it, what came to mind was LeBron James against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, that first, the kind of the LeBron down, the year he melted down. Because to be honest, I have never seen right. something like but this. But he like, had to, never won on that at that point. That and is, she's and won, that's the strangest thing. Is she has won at every level, and she has the 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 pedigree is there. So it really it kind of defies any defies logic sense of logic, except to say. This Aces team is incredibly well coached defensively. Alicia Clark, whose name hasn't come up, there there was a small part of me that, and I, I really wish I had said it uh, now, is that I was thinking Clark is going to get the start in game four. She really gives Stewie trouble. The only thing I thought was this is a big game Stewie's going to be up for. I, I think Clark, if she's not in, in contention for a defensive player of the year next year, I think that might be something, you know, if, if, if we get that award to bet before the season. Sure. I I really, you know, maybe it's like a perfect matchup. She kind of can use her physicality and she's, she's played with Stewie in the past. She knows her kind of her ins and outs, but I, 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 that, that Clark performance defensively. And I think we both think maybe something was up with Stewie. I don't know, but I I I think that that takes a bit of 
what what Alicia Clark was doing away from her. And and that's just an incredible effort, incredible coaching to to do what really defies any sort of logical sense. I'll say this, Jim, I don't want to take anything whatsoever away from the Aces. They were phenomenal defensively this entire series, and especially Alicia Clark. I'll just say that, you know, Stewie was struggling before the series with the yeah. Aces. You know, she was struggling against Washington, did not shoot the ball well in either of those games, struggled in game one against Connecticut. She had more games in the postseason that she struggled than she didn't. Um, and true. so, you know, and I, I certainly don't want to speculate uh, on any front, but there are sometimes things going on with athletes that we just don't know about. So yeah. who knows? Maybe there's something personal. You know, I know uh, her her wife is expecting their second child very soon. Um, I can't I can't pin any of it on that, but I'm just saying like there there there's something, you know, there was just she was just off. She was just a little bit off. Um, but that being said, you know, she's the first player that the opponent's going to game plan against. And um, they were able to do that, uh, especially especially the Aces. Well, and so, can I hop um, in for one more? While, while we're sure. giving credit to the Aces, I did want to bring up one one part of this that is is so impressive and I think kind of goes under the radar. I don't know if it's, you know, I, I do know that Mark Davis puts about as much money and effort and attention into this as, as yeah. any owner. And I really think that there's a lot to be said for this team's like conditioning and health. I know ironically that the health, almost looked like it burned them for a second here, but mm-hmm. their big four missed a total of two games combined the entire season. Kelsey Plum wow. played 40 minutes tonight. They had multiple times where players were playing 38, 39. Their rotation was six deep at best. Like The conditioning of this team and, and the ability to stay healthy through that, again, th- this was another game where they were taking it to the Liberty. This should be the point in the series where they're exhausted because they have the far shorter rotation it, it's incredibly impressive. I don't know where, I don't know if that's the players themselves. I don't know if that's conditioning. I don't know if it's coaching, whatever it is, it needs, it's worth mentioning on the, as, as they go back to back for the first time in, in two decades, first team to do so. In two I, I appreciate that you brought that up. I think it's a, a great point. And it's not just the aces, both the aces and Liberty have ownership groups that are extremely serious about investing in their players and their facilities. Both of them, Uh, opening new, beautiful training centers and locker rooms here within the last couple of years. And so, um, you know, you mentioned the, the conditioning, I think that's huge. Um, You, you show up to work and you feel, you know, inspired to be your best and to be in the best shape that you can. And notably, I, I don't remember any truly significant injuries on the Liberty aside from Dolson missed a bit of time, um, and then you also had JJ early in preseason. She had a bit of a stress fracture, which might have contributed to um, a, a bit of uh, ineffectiveness in the first half. But beyond that, I mean, we up until game four, we had both teams healthy, you know, and in a great place. And it's no coincidence that these two teams are in the finals because without that ownership investment, you're yep. not attracting the top free agents. And that includes the the Aces and Alicia Clark and Candace Parker, who obviously, you know, couldn't participate in in the playoffs. But uh, I think it's it's very, very important. And it's a reason why I think both of these teams are, are probably going to be contending again next year. 
buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Should we get into a quick uh, quick preview of what the title odds are looking like? <laughs> yeah, for hi- next hyper year? quick look at, at next year. Why don't you do title odds really quick? I'll just say we don't we only have title odds out we don't have any like awards or anything those won't come for a while but i do think it with a long-term lens to mvp i i think it would be very surprising if asia didn't win next year and i can almost say with certainty stewie will not win next year but i think stewie will still be priced in like the top five because it's it's hard for books to really capture that narrativization of an award so that might be a fun playground to play in just because i there is no planet in which I see Stewie having that performance during the finals, losing specifically to her rival and winning yeah. a back-to-back MVP. So I think she's going to be priced in like the top three or four. I yeah. And just ignore that. Skip, <laughs> bet the other, the rest of the the, the ballot sure. if you want, because that's not happening again. And I, sh- I should say too that, so let's like just do a quick recap here, because going into the series, the aces were favored uh, and, and, the Liberty going in, we're at like plus 170. Obviously, that fluctuated throughout the series after they went down 0-2 and whatnot. Uh, and we, you know, saw some value on the Liberty, which I, I think, I don't think we were too far off base. Um, but let's let's just uh, let's just reiterate that the favorite won the Aces, and the favorite for Finals MVP <laughs> won. You know, yeah. so so it had had um, you know up until up until. Wednesday night, John Quill Jones was having a phenomenal series and, and she had definitely had a great shot to win finals MVP, but uh, that, that is uh, not what transpired because the aces found a way and congratulations to them. And, you know, I want to, I want to mention this as well, before we get into the title odds, um, you know, this was a huge year for WNBA and for betting in particular. And, you know, we started this portion of the podcast. We had buckets previously, you know, talking NBA, uh, usually with our our colleague Matt Moore, who's phenomenal, and you know Brandon Anderson is on that a lot, and they've been huge supporters of ours. So, uh, thank you, thank you guys. Um, but you know, WNBA betting content on Action Network is up nearly two hundred percent year over year, um, and I've seen figures from uh, from sports books of year over year increases of over a hundred percent in terms of the the handle that's being bet how many people are betting new bettors new actives in the space so so that's really awesome and uh so we're gonna have a lot more of this to do but before we go we got aces next year to win the title at plus 120 or so liberty (laughs) plus 240 wings and sun um tied at plus 1000 mystics at plus 1900 don't know if i would uh take that bait again because uh (laughs) i did that uh before this season and well they were riddled with injuries so i might be a little afraid uh fever and links at plus 2900 yeah, so I I would not advise anyone to to lock up their money on either the Liberty or the Aces <laughs> right now. Um, mostly because as we saw this year, you can kind of like the Liberty was is the team that I was on before the season, and you could have gotten an even better number right before the final. So don't lock up your money for six months. 
those two teams we know are probably going to be in the conversation. What I think you might want to do is these really long shots are the ones where you might be able to get some movement that could be a chip for later on because they're in the semifinals and allows you to hedge out or something like that. So the the great thing that, that isn't all that great uh, about the WNBA is it doesn't get as much attention paid to it. So if you are hawking, you know, if someone gives a soft release of, hey, uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith is really looking at joining the Connecticut Sun, something like that. Sure. Or uh, maybe even better is looking to join uh, or is coming back to the Phoenix Mercury. You can kind of get that like scoop before the books have adjusted their book, their their numbers. And I think a couple of these long shots, I, I, you know, I think both of us probably think that Aces and Liberty Part 2 is decently likely. But yeah. those chips are great to have if you're sitting on, you know, Seattle Storm right now are the longest. They're 65 to 1. If you're sitting on a storm 65 to one and maybe they make a big, some big moves in free agency, they already have Jewel Lloyd and Ezzy Magbegor, you know, they've got decent core. They, they pick up a couple big names and you're sitting on 65 to one, even if they lose to the Liberty or the aces in the semifinals, you've been able to leverage that position. So pay attention to W news, follow, there's amazing people doing the work out there, follow, find them, follow them. And you can beat the book to moving the number. You you absolutely can do that. So I would say um, don't hop on the big names yet. You can wait that out. You can honestly get it at sure. almost the same price right before the finals. Look at some of those longer names if they scoop up key free agents um, or if, you know, a chop draft pick, if, if, you know, either an Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark says they're coming out Ooh. and they land, oh, you know. the draft is going to be so There's good. a lot of moving parts here and you can, you can often get there before the books do. So uh, I think it that that you know we don't need to do anything today i'll put it that way but um also gotcha. we should always always be looking on the lookout so real quick do you have a number for the chicago sky uh Andy? they were 45 to 1 i believe all right Plus 4500 i'll just say this teaspoon love the hire i wouldn't be surprised if she attracts a, a good free agent yeah. or two maybe sky dig you know um love that so something something to keep an eye on and yeah the Pay attention to women's college basketball this year because, yep. one, you'll thank me later. It's going to be an amazing year with some really big star power, and we'll see who ends up declaring for the draft. But the next year or two, it's going to be a big influx of talent. We already know that the WNBA is expanding its number of teams, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be so good. But I gotta say, I gotta say goodbye for now. Uh, oh, it's I know this was our inaugural season of doing. WNBA specific episodes here on buckets via action network. Thank you to everyone who listened all season long. Thank you to Jim Turvey because you did more episodes with me than anyone. And I couldn't have done it without you. You're incredible. If you're not following Jim already, it's at Turvey bets uh, on the action app and Twitter. I'll thank you for inviting uh, me. This was always, (laughs) always a pleasure. So I'll thank a few of our other key contributors that, that helped helped this go. Dano Mataya, love you, homie. Uh, Brian Fonseca here at Action Network. Jay Money. Also, huge thanks to David Payne, our audio yes. editor, who made sure to get all these podcast episodes up for us throughout the season. Thank you to our video team at Action Network, who would put these episodes yep. up on YouTube for us. Thank you to Matt Mitchell and Katie Rich Creek for this opportunity. Uh, you were open to it from the jump. You know, since I joined Action Network uh, earlier this year. And I appreciate it so much. And once again, just one more shout out to our NBA crew, especially Matt Moore and Brandon Anderson for all the support. 
throughout the season. I know you guys are going to crush it during NBA. I may make an appearance or two at some point. Uh, So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Buckets presented by BetMGM. It's been a ride and uh, we look forward to more. We'll be back in the offseason. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.